You know, I'm not advocating that pension funds take 100% of their portfolio and go into Bitcoin, but what I am advocating to every worker, union, and pension fund is you had better make sure you learn about what this thing is before you dismiss it. Dismiss it after you learn about it. That's fine. But learn and understand what it is. Hey, everybody. This is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. All right. Tonight, uh, on this episode of High Hash Rate. <clears throat> God, what a way, great way to start. Uh, tonight, on this episode of High Hash Rate, we have Mr. The one and the only Dom Bay, Dom Bay, uh, on Twitter. How, Dom, how do you refer to yourself on Twitter? Can you? Yeah, I refer to myself as Baywatch. Uh, my handle is Baywatch1. The story behind that is nothing to do with the show. In high school, I was like a subpar student, always kind of like talking in class. And so my my teacher, who was my basketball coach, used to say, hey, Bay, which is my last name, you go Bay. The teachers are watching you, so like, don't mess around. He, he'd say they're on Baywatch, and then once he once he kind of dropped that, it stuck. I oh wow, yeah, I really would have. I really did assume that as somebody who works on the beach regularly, right? Like Baywatch, the show. You so just took a, a name. We should we should mention that. What what do you do? What do you do, though? I work as a firefighter. I've been a firefighter for just about 14 years now. I'm a fire captain um, out in Santa Monica, and uh, um, that's what I do. Just, now, just curious, what's, I, this is totally, I don't want to derail us too much. What's the uh, what's the rank structure of a firefighter? What's a captain as opposed to, I'm just curious. Yeah, so a firefighter is like the early, that's the rank that you come into. Then there's a fire engineer, which is they drive the engine and operate and pump the apparatus. Oh, well, and they, have to, they have to do all the hydraulics and stuff like that. And then the fire captain is like, you know, you, you're just, you are uh, in charge and supervisor of your crew, which is just your engine company. So that's two firefighters, an engineer, yourself, and the city, the city entrusts you to, you know, take care fight of the, that. Fight the fires of the city. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so, I cut you off. Yeah, I would be remiss not to reflect on the story of how we kind of got to know Dom or know who Dom is and how we got to meet him. I have so, to get into that on this episode. Yes. For yeah. Sure. So last um, last November during Pacific Bitcoin, we were in Santa Monica for the conference, and it was we got there a few days early um, as a company, as like colleagues, and we were it was kind of our first time together as a whole company. Um, but if one morning this guy that uh, works at Swan with us, um, him and a few others, they went out to take a dip in the ocean, kind of like the, the water's cold, kind of a wake them up type uh, situation. And one of the guys had an accident and he, uh, you know, essentially broke his neck um, out in the ocean there. And he came back to shore. He wasn't paralyzed like permanently. Wait, 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 wait. hold on. <clears throat> Dom, and, where do you come in on? I just have to no, get this from no, Dom. No, I'm, get, I'm, getting, okay, okay. I'm getting to that. Right? I, I don't want to get the full story from you, and Dan. I, I want to. I want to get a little bit from Dom, for sure. And but from our perspective, right? It was. Um, yes, yes. This it was is interesting, right? You're because right, you're right. the first responder, uh, 
who I, Dom is one of the first responders and due to, and, and Dan, you were there, right? I was, I was there. I was not, um, I did not come back to the beach or know what was going on until it was kind of, uh, stable. Everything was kind of stabilized and things were kind of ending. So I kind of saw yeah. it from afar essentially and kind of came back what's going on and, and kind of found out through word of mouth. You started you know, swimming. You were like, Hey, I'm going to swim out to the other directing. I'm going to head. I just see the Pacific. Let's, let's just head towards, you know, Yeah, we were walking further down the beach, like kind of where we're, where we're going to go. Swim. I didn't go swimming. I didn't get into the water. So, uh, but I was like walking down the boardwalk towards Venice. And I, when I was on my way back, it's when I kind of saw what was going on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, as a fight, you know, first responders, firefighters, there's Dom and, through the situation, it was pretty scary. We got to talking. We're like, hey, what are you guys doing here? Um, and I'll, let me emphasize, I wasn't there for this part. So this is the word of mouth. But, you know, so what are you guys doing here? It's like, oh, here, we're Swan. We're here for Pacific Bitcoin. He's like, oh, I, I got tickets to that. I'm going to that. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, I so, don't know. So, this firefighter shows up on scene and he has tickets for Pacific Bitcoin already. How do, and this, well, this let's, let, seems... me, let me, let me, let me. Let me let me paint a little picture for you guys. Yeah, I, will, yeah, yeah. I will I will meet you at the incident, but I will start at my house at five a.m. the day before. Okay, yeah. so let me paint let me paint a little picture. Um, FTX collapse is in yes. full swing. Okay, I am up in the morning getting ready for work, and like the Bitcoin degenerate I am, I'm checking charts like every thirty seconds. Right, just just not even questioning like. Will I stack today? The question is, is how much am I going to stack? So I'm going to work. I'm like, all right, dude, I'm, I'm going to like, I work at the beach station and I get to work and checking in, doing all my checks, getting my equipment, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just starting to like see what's going on. There's news going crazy, all kinds of stuff. And boom, we get a call in the morning. I'm like, oh man, here, okay, here we go. Right out of the gate. So we get a call. We show up on the beach. There's a group sitting by the lifeguard truck. One of the one of the guys kind of holding his neck, and you know, basically a group as you described from Swan went out, um, pumped to be in the ocean, took a little dive, and you know, for for folks that are from here, you know, the the beach kind of goes out and then it kind of it dips down in the in the depth and then it comes back up. So so. Mm -hmm. What happened was, you know, they're diving in and dove in right as the ground was curving mm. up at a 45 degree, right? We didn't know that at the time, from my point of view, it's just like a little, look like a nothing, right? Like not, mm -hmm. not a major injury. Um, the individual was fine. He was just holding his neck like, yeah, it just kind of hurts. And, you know, I had a great crew with me that day. And it's like one of those situations, there's certain things as a firefighter where you just like, like, you know, you've been there before and you don't roll the dice and you go, look, dude, we're going to package you up with a C collar. We're going to take spinal precautions and we're going to put you on a backboard. You're going to hate me because it's going to be uncomfortable. You're probably going to get a bill or going to the hospital. And but this is what we think. And and he, you know, he was cool. He's like, whatever you guys recommend. Um, the group was like, Hey, you know, maybe we can take him or this. I said, Hey, like, this is just like one of those situations. Everyone was really cool. Like no one was mm -hmm. like being questioning. They're just like, all right, let's roll. So we get up in the back and it's just, like you said, it's a scary incident. And I try to, 
tell folks, like, I try to talk to them, make sure they're okay. So I start making small talk. What are you guys doing here? And it's like, hey, visiting for this conference. Now, I didn't have tickets to the conference. I was actually scheduled to work the conference in two days uh, from uh, from the fire marshal's office because they they assign for special events a fire safety officer. So, so I you're go, a firefighter. You know, you're a firefighter stationed at the conference. Yes, like there's okay. there's there there are these details where you can pick up extra work, and mm-hmm. this is where like again, I'm a big believer of like you know, I mean I don't I don't buy necessarily into destiny all that stuff, but there's a lot of interesting stuff. Sure. Here. So I sign up, and I don't even know that there's going to be a Bitcoin conference, you know. But mm-hmm. then I get the, I'm assigned to this spot, and. But then when we're in the ambulance, I know that I'm going to be working the conference. So I'm like, hey, what are you doing here? He goes, I'm here for a conference. And I go, dude, is it the Pacific Bitcoin conference? And he's like, yeah. How do you know about that? I'm like, dude, I'm working it in two days. He's like, oh, you know, hopefully I'll see you there. I'm like, yeah, for sure. I was like, what do you do? Uh, Are you just visiting? And he's like, no, I work for the company. And I'm like, what do you do for the company? He's like, oh, I'm an analyst. And I'm like, stop the ambulance, dude. You're an analyst. Like, let's let, are we buying right now or what? We got more important stuff. We got more important stuff than your injury, dude. Like, let's let's sort this out. Joking, of course, and he's yeah. laughing. And and I go, no, I'm you know, I didn't stop the ambulance. Um, and we're talking just like, hey, um, you know, how long have you been working for them? Making small talk. Anyways, we get to the hospital, get him there. And I'm expecting to see him at the conference. I go to the conference. And uh, the first person I see is this tall dude with, uh, you know, brownish blonde hair wearing a Miami Vice kind of style jacket. And I just go to this guy and I go, hey, dude, um, are you with this event? He's like, yeah, I'm actually with Corey. You know, he's like, I'm with the company. And I'm like. Uh, and it's for the listeners, it's the CEO of, of Swan that put on, put, puts on, you know, because in Bitcoin, I go, hey, um, do you guys have an individual by this name? And he goes, do you know, do you know him? And I go, uh, no, I don't know him, but we, we went on a call on him. He's like, you're the, you guys went on the call on him? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, dude. And I'm expect, I'm like, where is he? I just want to see him. I'm sure he's pissed off that we sent him up to the hospital for no reason. And he goes, no, dude, he, he broke his neck. Wow. Um, he he broke his he broke his neck in two places. He's having emergency surgery right now. So as you guys know, you know from there, um, it's a it's like, oh my gosh! But luckily, everything is okay. It turns out that you know we we send him to the best possible place, the trauma center, where they have the best doctors, the best surgeons. They got him there. Everything was going to be good. We're facetiming him at the event. And it was a happy ending. Um, just an absolutely crazy story. Wow. And that's like, he, you know, I, I just talked to him the other day for work, you know, he's totally, he's fine now, you know, he's doing great. So it's like, but you know, what do you, it, imagine what would have happened to him if like, uh, you didn't make that recommendation, right? The stable was and that could take him to the trauma center. That's like, uh, that's pretty crazy. Like, so you said like these things line up and then you walked right up to Corey, the CEO. Uh, and I take it, you probably had a decent time as a, as a Bitcoiner already working that event the rest of the weekend. Yeah. That, that was such an interesting thing because, you know, I I've been in, you know, my first exposure to Bitcoin was in 2017. When I say exposure, 
I have a story from 2011. I'll tell you, but it's a painful one. Like everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 2017, I got into Bitcoin and these events led me to this conference in this way. And I would call it not an orange pilling, but like a re orange, uh, uh, up to yeah. dose of orange pill. And Injection. just seeing, <laughs> seeing, seeing all, yeah. 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 Seeing all the incredible people, like it was just such a reaffirmation of why Bitcoin so incredible and kind of really also put me on a path, stuff we do that, that you know, a path very intimate with Bitcoin. So, uh, yeah, the, the conference was unbelievable. Of course, the Swan team was like really, um, you know, supportive and they were like uh, pumped up on the story and that things turned out well. And, you know, it's been a relationship that has been ever since. And it's been just a, such, just imagining from then to now, evaluating all the stuff that I've gotten into. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. So I, I, um, I, I wanted to ask about, like Bitcoin within the firefighting community. So like, you, I'm sure you're aware of uh, the blue collar Bitcoin podcast. Those guys are firefighters from the Chicago area. Um, there's, you know, I was actually listening to a totally unrelated podcast about a week ago. It was a comedian in New York and he was interviewing another comedian and the comedian that he was interviewing is a woman. And she was uh, talking about her husband who's a firefighter in, in like Brooklyn. And she was talking about how like all the, her husband and all the firefighters in the at the station they loved the, they loved Bitcoin. That's like they were obsessed with it. And I was just wondering, is that a stereotype that you is like real in your experience, or is that something that's not as common in your experience? Yeah. So yeah, definitely know the blue collar Bitcoin guys. I, I've been on there twice now um, from nice. from that event. Actually, got connected with them. But yeah, to what you're saying, firefighters they're special people, man. Like I work with them all the time and there's no lack of entertainment. Hmm. Um, firefighters have a knack. I always, I have a saying in the fire service that, that is never take financial advice from a firefighter that's working <laughs> overtime. Right. Because yeah. like, like, he's, just, he's he working was, overtime. I mean, he, he needs money. He's, 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 he, you know, like telling you, Hey, do this, do that. By the way, I'm picking up an extra shift, yeah. you know, cause I need the dough, but maybe he's just stacking. Uh, yeah, exactly. It, it could be the opposite, right? It could be like, hey, um, no, I, I, I've had, I've noticed that, you know, there's lot, there's lots of openness and willingness for the discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, there's so many facets of Bitcoin that different people in the fire department are attracted to different parts of it. I was just mm-hmm. talking to someone the other day that didn't realize that a node could offer a, you know, transactional terminal that was independent, right, of a lot of the institutions. And so that was something for them that was like, oh, but that's the thing that gets me super pumped or the asset side of it gets me super excited or the fact that it can't be, you know, uh, inflated and that the, the money supply is fixed at 21 million. That There's all different stuff. So we're seeing in the fire department, I'm sure in like many areas, um, a lot of interest. And um, I found that in my approach to talking to the firefighters, like I don't encourage, I basically won't talk and even start a conversation unless 
folks will promise not to go mm -hmm. all in, try to get like, you know, I'm going to put 10K in a Bitcoin because I need a truck for yeah. 30K and I can't afford it. You know, I always go, hey, you put in what you can afford to lose. You put in a very small amount. You learn for yourself and then you make your own decision absent of what I'm talking about and whether you are going to go in or not. And you, right. don't, you, don't, you don't let anyone influence that. You make that off your own research. And that's you, that's paid off really, really well. That is my you, approach as well. Yeah, you you dip a toe in and then it's your choice whether to dive. Sink or swim. Or... Yeah, you got. are you going to take this chance? Are you going to learn? Are you going to go on this journey to learn about this? Or are you just trying to like, hey, I hope this goes up in value? Can I, can I just yeah, point that, out? That's... A... Sorry, go, yeah, yeah, go yeah. ahead, Dom. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna... No, no, you go ahead. I was going to say, can I just point out this sort of um, this this visual? Uh, this made me think of this like visual of a of a firefighter, and the, and they're them fighting fires, and how it relates to this visual of a surfer and how they sort of fight the water. Right, these two unstoppable elements that come towards them. Um, it's just uh, I just had this interesting thought. So, sorry to no no to derail dude, it, like. It, that, anyway. that's, a, that's a that's a that's an amazing observation because I do both. I surf too, and mm -hmm. absolutely, there, there's a lot of you know what you're holding both at bay. You're riding, you're harnessing <laughs> one. I'm with yeah. you, dude. I'm with yeah. you, bro. Okay, I'm and you also you surf. Yeah, bro. You better. Know, are you do do you do jujitsu as well, bro? <laughs> If I have to, dude, I'll do jujitsu, but I'm not trained. But like, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get down. But anyway, but sorry. I'm sure, I'm sure any jujitsu um, person would fold me up like an accordion, dude. No, it's just it's just those energies are similar. I just thought it's, it just made me think of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah we we talked a lot on the show to surfers, to people who jujitsu. Uh, I've done jujitsu. It's like there's just yeah, there's a there's a common theme and just the the amount of challenge the amount of self-control self-discipline uh respect for the elements there's just a lot of respect for like objective like the like proof of work and like the amount of strength and effort and, and training you do and it, it really all kind of correlates or comes out to if you're going to succeed in those tasks and that's just kind of the relation we've we've kind of discovered by talking to people on the show who do do both yeah absolutely and the education aspect of it the gift giving aspect of Bitcoin and what it yeah. means to give something a value, to receive value, to have that value circle around 100%. Man. It's, it's, um, I know, uh, I know. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just, um, one of the other aspects that we really kind of talk about on here is the, is like the community the building uh, and the community of, of Bitcoiners and like-minded people and how it brings them together. Um, and so as a firefighter, like I, I don't have experience as a firefighter, but I would assume like it's a very tight knit community. There's a lot of camaraderie. I, I assume it's similar to like my experience in the military, uh, going overseas and the, just like the, the level of community and camaraderie you build with those people who you're kind of in the trenches with, so to speak, or literally, um, is, something that is you don't get in every aspect of society it's sometimes hard to find a lot of people don't have it um and do you do you agree with that uh, assessment of what it's like being a firefighter yeah absolutely um there there's something very powerful about 
common mission and, and values. When those two come together, it's very powerful and it brings people together in a way where they're willing to work together. They'll sacrifice personal preferences. Firefighting is very much one of those things. I mean, think about it. It's a group of people that show up to work that um, have a value system and their only job is to show up for people that need help and, and change the way that their story ends from potentially bad to good if they can, right? By putting out a fire, by going on a medical call and sending someone up to the hospital and maybe helping them with a neck injury, that's that's what we do. And when those those two things align, value system and mission, very powerful, whether it's jujitsu, surfing, um, Bitcoin especially. And so there's lots of similarities. And of course, the fire department is very much defined by that. And Bitcoin is very much defined by that. And so, you know, that's one of the things why I'm so excited about like kind of this whole proof of workforce thing that I've been focused on. You know, I came from 10 years in the uh, union side of things, representing these firefighters and advocating for them, working through pensions, contracts, et cetera. It's only natural that as I move on to the next phase of my life, that those two things come together with Bitcoin and the workforce and really like it's a match. You know, my article said that it's a it's an unlikely marriage that's like destined for each other. And, so and I can, really believe that. Can you sort of frame that for a second? This sort of proof of workforce thing you're talking about? What this is this is a uh this is like a, a an article or a series of articles you're writing yeah so yeah um you know proof of workforce obviously you know riffing off the proof of work and the fact that you have the the workforce what i discuss is the if you picture labor groups workers on a track and defined by a value system and what they do and bitcoin the community, the network on its track, they're running very parallel to each other, very close. And this concept of proof of workforce is for folks to look to the left and look to the right and see each other and realize that there's a lot of things in common, a lot of ways that they can help each other out. One thing that's very key is they don't rely upon each other. Like I say in the article, you know, Bitcoin doesn't need the workforce necessarily, and the workforce maybe doesn't need Bitcoin. Or you can argue on which we need more, which more. And of sure, whichever group you're a part of, you always say they need us more than we need them, right? That's that's human nature. But it's really about um, supplementing and supporting each other, and so that's what I explore in the article. I look at ways in which Bitcoin can help workers in the workforce and as well as ways that the workforce and workers can help the bitcoin movement right and i like so i think a lot of the discussion around uh bitcoin around um what it enables what it protects property it, it's very much centered around individuality and protecting the individual and i think that's what's probably the most dominant at least in my experience uh theme in the in the public you know conversation on twitter or, or wherever in the discourse but i think that it is under discussed and which is why i liked your article about the way that it empowers groups of people collective groups of people with with shared 
values, aligned incentives, aligned ideology to become stronger together if they if they form a, a strong community. And it if like, they've, like you like if you they said, form like, a communicate they have, if their communication system is like this energy binding thing. Right. And also Absolutely. like like he said that um basically like proof of work, right? If somebody doesn't pick up the slack and they and they kind of are a burden on the group, uh, it doesn't it it doesn't like it doesn't really work that way. Like you have to put in your your fair share and you benefit it from it at the same time. So it's like your incentives are aligned with the groups. Yeah. I was I was reading something, you know, you bring up a great point about how Bitcoin is very much the sovereign individual, right? Mm -hmm. And people having which is important in its in its own way. Absolutely. In order to be a good member of the group, you have to be a strong individual yourself, right? And you have to be able to take care of yourself and contribute. I was uh, obviously with everything going on with ordinals, um, I I refreshed up on reading, um, you know, the uh, uh, block size war and, and catching up on all that. And there was something that was really interesting that like sparked my mind just to you know, like a great refresher on the collective side of Bitcoin. And there was, do you guys remember, I guess in 2015, potentially Satoshi weighed in on the block size war, but it, it was mm. kind of, it's pretty much been assumed that his his email was hacked. Compromised. It wasn't yeah. him, you know, and someone else sent it. Maybe that was, had a different interest. Who knows? But there was a, in that email that supposedly came from Satoshi, it said you know, perhaps we'll have to add incentive to running a node instead of it being based strictly on altruism. And one of the most beautiful things that attracted me to Bitcoin is this concept of running a node. And the fact that mm-hmm. people will run a node at no gain for a, for a core node, simply to have a portal to access the system and support the system and and there's cost to that. They, they mm-hmm. have to pay whatever to run their computer the whole time, make sure they have the equipment and they, there's no return on that. There's no rewards. There's no staking, nothing like that. Therein lies one of the most powerful things in Bitcoin, in my opinion. It's something that fits very close to firefighting is like making the sacrifice for the better good of the whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's such an amazing piece of it. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's, it, it there is power to you know or incentive to you know that's your access that's the way that you can ensure that you're never cut off from the network like you're that you know my node will always accept your coin it doesn't matter if it's been blacklisted or what um and it's it's the way that it's written the way that it's, the system is designed it is allowing very individualistic very selfish and you know minded individuals or you know i don't mean to use selfish as like a negative word but that, that is it's very they're in, very individual focused it allows them to trustlessly cooperate with their community because you, you know no nobody can really survive completely on their own right like we're we're social species and you have to be able to cooperate and get along and be able to transact you know and just barter and trade with other people and exist with other people and this allows them to do it in a way that if you use it right you can't be cheated and uh you don't have to trust somebody else yeah it's it's interesting when you say barter because um 
I was talking with uh, you. You guys know Francesco Money Delix out of El Salvador. He, um, he he's, I know, I know who it is. I've heard the yeah, he's, yeah. He's a good he's a good Italian soul that's in El Salvador, just just you know putting signal out, supporting the country. But you mentioned bartering, and we were talking about how um, transactions. You guys tell me how you feel about them, right? But we look at transactions as like just like kind of pain in the ass type thing like all right like like i pay i pay my bills i pay the power bill i go to the grocery store i get my groceries i gotta pay this i pay that i pay the parking meter i pay this there's no like value in it and when i went to el salvador and with the mission of only spending bitcoin and trying to just talk to people and learn I noticed something that I haven't noticed with Bitcoin before and that I felt like a great enjoyment in transactions of like, hey, you give me, you know, whatever you're and what I'm going to give you is something that I believe, whether I'm wrong or right, is of value for long term. And I believe it will bring you value, too. And it's such a missing component of the fiat system which is just like, here, take my damn money that I worked for and get it out of my face. I don't, it's just a, it's just a, a tool. Money and, in, money out. Uh, yeah. It's when you say barter, it's such a, such a great return to, to like this concept of exchanging something of value for something of value. Hmm. That's an right. interesting thought where this whole decentralized uh, barter system or sort of a decentralized exchange system where we're going locally as opposed to uh i don't know where i'm going with this um yeah right, no, it, it connects yeah it connects people i i did yeah, yeah the, the peer-to-peer side of it right yes I, I did want to ask you about this uh connection between the worker and the fighter because we were on this idea of jujitsu samurai uh, you wrote about samurais and sa- that's right that's where i wanted to sort of tie in you wrote about samurais can you talk yes. about samurai? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the connection, <laughs> the connection between the worker and the and the fighter or the warrior. How do you see that relationship? Um, since you, you know, as, yeah, as value so, to the so, community. Well, I can. You know, let me let me let me start and let me start on why I wrote about the samurai. Please. I wrote about the samurai and the proof of workforce because I see a lot of parallels between firefighters and samurais. Um, we talked about it, code of code of ethics, um, value system, incredibly revered by the community at the time of their existence, highly trained. They train. Um, they put they put your they, life on the line for to protect people. Put their life on the, the public, line. Yeah. They were also deemed by the, you know. Uh, in the feudal system of Japan by the the, the Habs as vital. Um, they, they were needed uh, as, as our firefighters, right? Even, you know, if you, if you own a, if you own a $20 million mansion, you, you um, appreciate the fact that your property and land will be protected by warriors. And so I wrote about the, the samurai because the samurai kind of fell off pretty rapidly and when you when you study history on where they went how 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 did this you know revered incredibly respected almost like they were such a high level of the working class that they almost became like nobility 
Yeah, almost deified um, in history. Yes, and how did they just drop off? And the answer is because um, you had the Industrial Revolution and you had the machine gun showed up and they replaced everything that they stood for, but, but not everything they stood for, their utility fell off the map. And it happened quicker than a lot of places because Japan was isolationist in their policy, global policy. So I started looking at the parallels between Bitcoin and here's a workforce that has another innovation with incredible potential. Um, you have AI around the corner with the potential to replace a lot of workers. But we have the benefit of not being isolationist. It's here right now. If you're listening to the podcast, it's here. You can look at it in, in an article. You can learn anything you want. You can read the book. And so the key part of that was to learn about Bitcoin and sit out is acceptable, in my opinion, to not learn about it and see what's coming and then to get lose your job to AI or yes, your okay. price, your price, your price out of the system is, is yeah. kind of unforgivable. Right. So I think uh, the, the samurai was made obsolete by the industrial revolution, by machines, by just heavy industry. And I don't know if we necessarily have the answer yet, but there's some version, right. Of the modern samurai is going to be lost to it's going to get taken over by AI potentially. And maybe that, because you kind of make the, um, the comparison or you, you, you said like samurai were considered currency almost. And it's, you know, the, the high tech war, high war was currency, war, war was, was currency. currency, right? So like the, the, yeah. the high tech skilled labor, highly trained, educated labor in the United States is like kind of our weapon. That's like our advantage over the world. And well, you know, if chat GPT or AI obsoletes that, you know, do you mean by that? Just do we do you have... mean by that? Do you mean by that? Uh, your ability to conduct war, that's like your currency, like how strong you are basically. Is that might as well? Right. I, 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 right. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, like, like back in the day when you had the feudal system, war was currency in that, like you, you know, there was your army was your value. That was an asset and your ability to wage war and take lands and take resources was more valuable than gold. It was, um, it's like a petrodollar. Know, valuable. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly. an interesting like, connection. That's a very war, interesting connection. War, you know, where war and money were kind of married together, the petrodollar. Yes. Yep. And, and once they lost that value of currency because there was a machine gun that you didn't need to ride on a horse with a sword, the ship didn't matter, and discipline and skilled, it didn't matter, that utility for them dropped off a cliff. And, um, you know, there's there's some some parallels and there's some ways to fit it, but but ultimately, again the workforce has an opportunity mm -hmm. to see a massive, you know, innovative train coming their way. And again, you know, I'm not advocating that pension funds take a hundred percent of their portfolio and go into Bitcoin. But what I am advocating to every worker union and pension fund is you had better make sure you learn about what this thing is before you dismiss it, dismiss it after you learn about it. That's fine but learn and understand what it is, then at least if you dismiss it, imagine if the Japanese would have had a demo of a machine gun in front of them and then said, this is coming here in 50 years. They would have been <laughs> like, excuse me, team meeting, y'all. Did you see what just happened? They just turned this lever 
and it mowed down this like metal at a hundred miles an hour and could kill everyone. Let's re-strategize here. Like, what are we going to do? Like, let's figure this out. Um, and so we're getting that demo in real time right now as a workforce. And so, you know, it's time to have the meeting and, and yeah. we have to learn. So if you think, you know, I guess throughout history, there's uh, tons of examples of, and you're, you're a union guy, a pro-labor guy. Uh, so I'm sure you're aware of, of labor versus capital and you've got like these, the unions and, and workers, the workforce kind of demanding changes or demanding improvements, de- demanding control. And it's kind of a pendulum that kind of swings back and forth as, as time progresses in, in kind of the recent decades, um, they, the, the state and, and the people who control just the way society functions, they kind of use the monetary system, the central bank, the currency to break the back of labor starting in the eighties. And it's kind of ever since they've used it, not just in the United States, but internationally, like with the, when they, the sanctions on Russia and Iran as like a, the, the money printer as the, and the reserve currency as the weapon to, to take, you know, as much control away from people's lives and their their futures and their money as possible. Do you see Bitcoin as kind of the the ultimate shield to block that weapon, that attack, and to kind of return balance to the labor versus uh, the people who control the money? Absolutely. At this time, um, I see it as, as the best and only shield to do that. And that's another thing in the article series I talk about trading time for money. We we exchange. There's the old quote where someone says, like, see all those buildings? Those used to be money. And all that money used to be time. And this concept of energy and, and all that stuff. And so, you know, uh, all the, the, the wealth funds and all the richest people in the world and all the money holders, like... Um, you know, they rely upon labor and workers to move things forward. If all the workers just dropped off the face of the earth, things wouldn't happen. You, you wouldn't get your mail. Groceries wouldn't arrive. Um, you you know, you people, someone who's in a $20 million mansion would have a, a couple of shovels and tools and they have to go figure stuff out for themselves. And so um, when you see workers trading time for money and then that time being devalued and the money that they traded the time for being devalued, you naturally want to, you know, help the worker preserve that to say, at least if you're going to trade your eight hours of your day or 40 hours of your week, let the money that you got for the time hold up. Yeah. If you're if you're going to trade 30 years of your life, your your youth, 20 to 50 worker. Um and and look, it's it's not it's a two-way streak, right? Like employers provide benefits and money so the worker gets gains a lot too, but I would just say the willingness to sacrifice your whole life, you should get, you know, if your retirement right. should hold, your money should hold, it should be safe. Right. And it's it's not that one side is bad, one side is good. Both sides are, they have their value. They are important, but there needs to be balance. Just like everything, there needs to be balance, right? You, if, especially if you work in a, a job that breaks down your body or puts your body at risk, your life at risk, your health at risk, time is even more valuable to you, some would probably say. that. So it's like 
not only do am I buying back my time, I'm buying back my dignity and my ability to have a good life and not have to just constantly be productive for um, somebody who has a lot of resources and needs somebody to be productive for them. And there's no other way. Absolutely. to Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's not, you're, you're absolutely right. It's not good or bad. It's also that the workers of the aggregate, they're the larger mass. And so it's easy yeah. also to take a few nickels from a one, you know, billion workers than to take a billion dollars from a small group of people right. who control the flow of money and have a, you know, more power in that structure. And who can build the Gatling guns. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, there's also, it, it doesn't work, right? Like you can't have this, um, this back and forth or this pendulum swing and this balance without the people having to, um, stick together, right? Solidarity. And that comes, can you really have that solidarity without that strength, that strong community, right? Like when you're going through a tough fire or training and it sucks, it's hot and your body's, you're just exhausted and everything. It's called the suck in the military. You're just going through the suck, but you're going through the suck with people together, right? Like you're both suffering. You're all suffering together. And when you go through that, when you get into the, into the fight, right? Like you can trust somebody, you know, that they've been through the shit with you. They've got the experience They're they're calm. They can, they can deal with it. They're not going to break under pressure or, or sell you out. And it's like, like, like all the holders of this bear market. Exactly. We're, you know, exactly. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're buying to the bottom and we're, we're going to, I love it. Let the price dip. Oh. I'm going to buy more and I'm going to shake my buddy's hand. And we're going to be like, fuck yeah, let's go to the yeah. suck. <laughs> in, in, in the next bear market of 2020, whatever, after the having or when, I don't, you know, whenever we'll be talking like, Hey, someone, you know, this sucks. And be like, dude, let me tell you what sucked. <laughs> Let's talk about FTX. FTX. Yeah, let's talk about like, dude. You know, my, uh, my Bitcoin uh, went down eighty percent, and I broke my neck. That yeah. was a shitty bear market. Exactly, dude. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, but you know, it's like that's why they call it the class of. And then you you say a year class of twenty one class of just like firefighters or military people graduating from boot camp, right? It's class of whatever. You guys are this, a class this, together, and it's class. Is, it's a class society, right? You want to stick with you class and and this and this is why we talked about earlier and we come back to it this this concept of going in slowly what i found in this last bull run was the people that i talked to about bitcoin that were interested in getting involved when i told them just do you know 25 bucks here 50 bucks here like nothing that you can't afford to lose they tolerate down cycle with with like incredible poise and they mm -hmm. actually because they weren't they're not in their mind it's hard to to put ten thousand dollars into something and then see it go to three thousand yeah. it's 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 traumatic especially like if you don't have an abundance of money and so you when you're in trauma you don't learn well like if, if I, if I start shooting at you and say, we're going to teach you a, a curriculum, you're not going to retain much. You're trying to survive. But if you're going in at a dollar here, 50 bucks or a hundred bucks, your, your eyes are open. You're calm. Your heart rate is mellow. You're learning during the down. You're, you're kind of watching everything. And then, and then you're coming to a place of conviction on your own. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, it's also similar to training, right? Like if you try to, if you sit on the couch for six months and you try to run six miles, 
in the sand your first day you're just gonna collapse you're gonna give up you're like this is my i can't handle this yeah yeah this this whole thing makes me think like what would happen especially like you could probably speak to this what would happen if a society can't pay for these emergency services what would happen if the money that they use is not worth their time what happens if if you know it's an interesting topic because we talk about this level of service and this 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 is a national debate that happens on municipalities all the time about like what's the right level of service so a good a good point in what you're asking is is looking at the standard response times as determined by um, the the national organizations like the NFPA and all that stuff. Um, these organizations that gauge what is the what is what is the reasonable time it should take for emergency medical services to come to you if you have let's just say a heart attack, and the answer is like four and a half to five minutes. And the reason they pick that time is because based on the coverage, et cetera, you should have a, a city should be able to staff firefighters and paramedics that can get to you in time. So what happens if that time falls off? What happens if you can't afford, like you said, emergency services, you have to cut fire engines or fire ambulances and, and cut services. Then let's just say that they get to you in six minutes. What does that mean? Well, if blood is flowing to your brain because you have a, a clot in your heart or you have blockage, what it means is a whole lot to you as a person. It, it may not be necessarily the difference between life and death, although it very well could be. It could be the difference of you being in a wheelchair handicapped for the rest of your life versus being able to walk and play with your kids. So, so the impacts are unbelievable. Um you know, that's one of the things that's why cities prioritize public safety so highly, because it's the quality of life. It's really you don't think about it necessarily like, wait, my house isn't going to burn down. No, no, it's, it's it's the fine points, the fine, it's the fine, fine pieces of it that matters. So to answer your question, if we can't afford those services, then people will have lower quality of life directly. It's just, no. just- it just makes me think of this the the chain of events, right? That you were talking with uh, the person that you rescued. It's like you get rescued; they have to go to um, an emergency surgery, right? Mm-hmm. And it happens instantaneously, and it and it's it's like how much knowledge and like uh, fucking factors and 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 in industries have to be involved in this to just have this tiny process take place, right? So you can save this yeah. person. Yeah. Well, and, go ahead. Years, years of paramedic training, um, all the resources that that are involved in doing it. The fact that we didn't even have a station where this individual had the call up until two years ago, we had to build it because it had better coverage. You have someone in the, you have a team of 20 people at the emergency room with over 500 years of medical training. And it all comes together for one little bone in someone's neck so that they don't they're not in a wheelchair and it's like wow dude and it's you know you say like mike asked about affording these services well there's two different types of defaults right as we as we know like there's saying we can't afford it and we have to cut it and then there's 
just kind of hiding it through inflation. And it's like, at some point, if you can't afford the yeah, that's, type that's... of pe the type of people who would trade their skills for that, you know, they need to have that discipline, the, that, uh, ability to work under pressure and to actually save these people to know what to do in the right moment and be physically capable of doing it. If you can't afford to attract those people to do that job, then that's just as bad as not having a firefighter or a fire department at it at all. hundred percent. Here, here's another good story. One time I was at the hospital and this guy walked by the hospital and he had his kid and we're showing him around the engine. We're just clearing a call and he goes, Hey dude, can I ask you a question? I don't mean to be like offensive, you know? And I go, no dude, for well, yeah, what's up? He's like, this whole fire engine and all the stuff you guys have, is it really needed for the old lady that, you know, you guys may go on that falls? And I go, sir, no, it is not. It is an absolute massive waste and it's an excess and it's out of control. He's like, yeah. I said, but let me ask you this. If you have a call with you and your family and your kid and someone's really badly hurt, would you like this showing up and we can do X, Y, and Z and everything? And he said, you know what? He said, I would like five of these showing up if it's me and my kid. And I said, right. exactly. Right. We we're in the business of the worst case scenario having what we need. Um, and you so, want, yeah, you don't want a Prius showing up. Yeah. It's <laughs> something that's ironic that I talk about in the proof of workforce part two is these pension funds because of everything going on in the financial system and equities and inflation. A lot of pension funds deal with the, the challenge of maintaining their portfolio to a level that can pay out the liabilities. And right. when, when it can't do so, if the portfolio won't perform, there's only two ways to fund a pension to make sure that it can pay the workers the amount that they promised they'd pay at retirement. That is by having workers work longer or paying more money into their pension, which you're, you're seeing in France right now, right? The uh, Macron, um, uh, that's his name, right? Macron. Um, I always feel like when I say that name, I'm like uh, Liam Neeson and Taken, you know, and he's like, like Macron, you know, like, a, um, but, but um, working longer years or paying more, which is like the workers are upset about that, right? Cause they're like, yeah, I signed up for this career. Here was the deal. Now it changes. And then the other way is cities have to pay more into those funds. And this brings up what you're talking about. They have to cut core services. Some cities that are well off don't have to cut the ones that hurt, but some that do have to end up cutting ones that hurt. And so there lies a full circle here on like the financial system affects all of this. Man, that sounds apocalyptic. It's, you know, wow. it's, it's what, it's one of those things that it's, you know, everything should be good and all that, but, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. The largest pension fund in the United States, the one that I'm a part of is called CalPERS and it's funded at 72% of what is the money needed to pay out all its liabilities for context, Alaska back in late 90s or 2000s don't quote me on the time they had a like a erroneous report from their actuarial 
the company that does their actuarials that said it was 65% funded and they decided to move completely away the, away from the pension because of how ominous that was at 65%. The largest pension fund in the United States right now as of June of 2022 was 72%. Wow. Um, so like different pensions, they bounce back They're You know, maybe they can, uh, who knows what'll come in this June of 2023. But when you see pension funds not funded like towards 80% and we're headed into tougher times, uh, arguably, yeah, yeah, it's not, a, it's not apocalyptic, but like um, if those come down, it is apocalyptic for sure. And, and, so, and there, and therein lies why, you know, I, I would argue to any pension fund manager in the country right now, what is what is holding you back from exploring what what is coming? The Gatling gun. What is holding you back oh, well, from learning learning about that? Yeah, I mean, there's still, there's a lot of a lot of issues that banks are having. Not so much dealing with deposits, but the value of the capital that they've got and how it's gone down with interest rate rises it's like it's happening in pension funds it's happening in insurance companies where they don't they're losing the ability to like you said pay for the claims coming in and if you know if a pension fund or all the health insurance or all these insurance companies go under and you get sick or you're old there's there's nothing there it's gone your your lifeline is gone whether it's your retirement, your Medicare, your Social Security, or your fire, you know, fire station down the street, it's gone, and Ab there's nothing to yeah. replace it. Absolutely, that's a that's the line I was saying on on blue collar. If you're gonna trade your time for money, you better make sure your money mm -hmm. holds overtime. Like, yeah, beautiful, beautiful uh, man. What a nice little button there. Yeah, um, it's, it's yeah. Uh, so Mike usually asks this question, but I'll bring it up this time. Uh, you mentioned like one of the things that really got you into into this uh, was the note aspect. Um, what is it now uh, in this part of your journey through Bitcoin that's like really got you fascinated the most or interested the most that you're really thinking about? I think the thing that has me the most interested right now that really gets me like fuels me the learning aspect of it. Like um, I've never really wanted to be one of these people that wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor. Um, I was interested in being a lawyer at one point, but, but like lawyers and doctors, I would say they're career students before anything, the, the good ones. So this concept of Bitcoin that this is being built in real time and like, I know like such a small percentage and I'm learning from talking to you all here and I'm going to learn more tomorrow and I'm going to learn more the day after. And this is being built in real time and I can participate in building while learning. It is like, whoa, man, like it just has me firing on every cylinder. And then I'm a very much a people person. So connecting with people like you all, I love when you, when you get into something and you find that you meet really good people, it's not an accident. It's because the thing that you're involved in is special and has great values and is like something incredible. And so that, that really fuels me because 
I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I'm sure we can find some bad seeds in the space, but like, it's like hit after hit after hit record. You find good people and good people and people you'd hang out with. And you're like, wow, that was cool. It was great. <laughs> um, and so those, those two things like have me the most excited. Oh yeah. yeah everyone's I'm, in I'm the same fucking protocol. Everyone understands, you know, what it's all. What about, about you guys? What about you guys? Same question. Um, you know, what, what are some of the things that excite you guys the most right now? Well, excite me. I don't know if I would use the word excite. Uh, the thing I've been thinking about a lot recently is the controversy around, um, you know, ordinals and block space and, and transaction cost, And it, I just, it's really gotten me thinking about, I think I just, I, I just put a tweet thread out real small one. I don't have a ton of followers, so it doesn't, it didn't go viral or anything, but I, what I wrote was the whole world competing to use four megabytes of the most valuable data storage element in human history with space, new space only being created every 10 minutes. Um, I think it's, I'm kind of battling with the idea that the common person having access to layer one is, uh, is probably just not feasible. And if mm -hmm. we, and if we don't, now I'm not saying like, Oh, somebody has got to scale layer two, whatever those of us who care about this, whatever we are capable of doing to contributing to creating uh, and scaling and working later to that is not um, custodial and is, is trustless or as trustless as possible. Um, if we don't build that, then we have to kind of accept that the less you know, disadvantaged people are going to be stuck using CBDCs, uh, crypto and, and uh, just other coercive controlled uh, currencies and systems. So we, it, you know, it is a scarce, not only is the Bitcoin scarce, the UTXOs, the block scarce, size is very scarce. So we have yeah. to work to get, make sure other people can access the technology. Dude, when you talk about that, the battle for, you know, getting people on the force, isn't it fucking scary how fucking money the matrix was? Like how on, no, like right. how many... How many different ways, you know, this battling for the minds and getting people and freeing them from the system. And like, the, like it's just freaks me out, dude. But well, it's just it's an age old know. story. That story is is all down to Socrates. Right. Right. Yeah. Just repackage. Uh, Enlightenment. Yeah. You know, you're you're you're. There's a lot of stuff going on with that. It's a prevalent conversation uh, in this space. And, um, you know, there's there's some things that I see that are like uh, somewhat like positive about it or a lot of tough stuff. What I do know is the we talked about the people, the brightest, most driven, the A team is on it and they're right. going to work on it and they're going to move forward the mission even if there are people in the space who are in opposition to the mission, they can't, they can't compete. Right. It's like the, it's like the firefighters, they're going to do the job and they're going to get the job done. Right. Um, being bullish, yeah, they, um, being bullish in, in Bitcoin is kind of like being bullish uh, on the, the fact that the people who, kind of think like you that you're the way that you're the way you see the world that those type of people are going to win in the future mm -hmm. that they're going to build the best technology they're going to build the best solutions they're going to overcome the problems it's, it's being bullish isn't just on it's not on the asset it's on the community yeah they, and, and that and that and that means even if it gets dark 
like like hey we have bright times ahead but if there were to be dark times and there were to be some some challenges and things where you're like oh man we're we're on you know uh life support which i don't think you'd ever get to that like still having the faith that like hey the the, the better value system the better team the the more driven they're gonna they're gonna win out for sure for the better oh yeah right. mike what about you uh, yeah mike, what's, the, come what's, on, what's the original question what do you what gets you excited what are you thinking about lately uh, man i have I'm I dive down a lot of different little holes <laughs> in Bitcoin. I think that there's something to be said about <laughs> the connection of all of these aspects of strength, I guess, wisdom, fucking or jujitsu, I would say. That's what I was trying to like jujitsu surfing, uh uh wise old uh you know, folklore, st- hard, hardworking, money making yeah. dudes. Like that's, I guess this this like archetype that Dan once mentioned, like the archetype of uh, of the Bitcoiner is this st- muscular man that only eats beef, that that, only, that does jujitsu, that firefights, surfs, and um, talks truth and owns a gun and you, you you can just keep on going, keep on going. Right. Um, just like these identities are really, really in, interesting to me. Uh, and I'm just going sort of thinking about all of these little identities. So that's, uh, sorry. That right. Tangent. And how they're not all like that archetype either. Right. But that, yeah, exactly. There's gradations of that as well. And that's yeah. a whole meme upon itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the diversity yeah, of the community. I can't look, I had, I did have the a strength. The strength yeah. of the community, right? Strength. Like symbolisms of strength. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. I mean, even like uh, you know, the samurai getting mowed down by the Gatling gun is, um, you know, the, the that the your community loses its strength right there. If your money mm-hmm. doesn't work, it your community loses its strength. So, uh, it, that's a nice way of thinking about the currency to the samurai. But I can't uh, leave tonight without asking you about. Um, your stance on CBDCs because I thought you had something to something very interesting that you made a connection to in your uh, solidarity as it relates to CBDCs. Yeah. Um, so my stance on CBDCs. Um, well, first of all, I don't fear them because once again, I believe the brightest minds are working on the side of Bitcoin. Um, and, 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 and so I think about people building the CBDC and if you lack that like conviction and mission, if you're driven by something else, you're going to have an inferior product, but, but they're, they have a lot of weapons at their disposal. Um, and if a CBDC is implemented, they have a lot of different things that they can incentivize people to trade for whatever, trade-off there is, whether it's lack of freedom and using your money, lack of privacy, there's very easy trade-offs, right? That you can do like debt forgiveness. Let's just imagine if there was a CBDC where your debt gets cleared or you get a zero balance transfer that you can pay over 30 years. Hey, you have 30,000 in credit debt. 
um, if you use the CBDC system, you will get a zero balance transfer for 30 years. You can pay us your debt and your mortgage. I mean, dude, whoa, right? Like, sign <laughs> me up for the CBDC. Um, you can get interest rates and treasury bonds, um, which, you know, they, they could do. Well, there's all kinds of stuff. But again, you have to really think about the fundamentals of what you're trading. Um, and so um, the solidarity, you know, 100%. is helping to educate people and, and once again, remind them that they're trading things of short, you know, uh, what's what's the time preference, the short time preference or short. Yeah, you know, right. Immediate, you're, you're making a immediate, trade off. Immediate needs. In right. number, two things. You're trading immediate needs for a longer time preference and you're bypassing hard work for an easier route. So you could say, you know what? I'm not going to take that CBDC zero balance transfer. I'm going to work my ass off and pay my debt off and get clear and save up some in Bitcoin and have some independence. And that's where it takes solidarity for us to be a pillar of support for people to continue to push adoption, especially amongst those who are in the have not category. Like it's easy to try to convince a, your friend who has a hedge fund that plays golf to put 1% of his portfolio into Bitcoin. It's harder to convince the worker that yeah. you go take, you know, you that does your oil change to accept Bitcoin and or take a, a tip or something and build Bitcoin and learn about it. That's that's where I'm focused on. That's kind of what El Salvador has fueled me on. And that's where I think the solidarity comes in to show the signal to the folks who are most susceptible to money manipulation. Right. I think I, I think my final thought on that is uh, there's a quote by M. Scott Peck, and he says that if you don't value yourself, you don't value your time. If you don't value your time, you don't do anything valuable with it. And it's, it's this journey is kind of a, a journey in education, but it's also like a journey in um, self-confidence and, and belief in yourself that uh, if you do put forth the hard work um, and you demand the, the, the payment that will last over time, that uh, once you kind of start to believe in yourself, that you can actually save this and, and have a brighter future it kind of motivates you to keep working harder and and, and doing the right things making smart yeah, choices and you know it's a barrier sometimes to believing in yourself the long road and right. people listening to you guys and listening to me i'm still a blockhead right now <laughs> i was a bigger blockhead and like i used to you know like like it's not like you know, all my knowledge base and, and areas and being able to write about stuff came from learning about it. And and people right now who, who are listening and think like, man, I'll never get to the technical knowledge or I'll never have as much Bitcoin as Michael Saylor. They need to, they need to remember that we are at the early stage before the, the biggest wave. And yes, you can. I was talking to a group in Alaska for this conference that, um, a buddy of mine, Wade, put on, and I told him someone in this room may have a spark that leads them to learn about Bitcoin, which leads them to have an innovation that transforms Bitcoin for the better forever. 
and and they, and they may just be have been sitting there oblivious to the whole thing right today in real time and so that should motivate anyone to take this take the first steps put five yeah. bucks put a dollar in but but read and and like learn talk and know that if you have an idea and it is a good idea and you put, and you implement it it's an open source protocol if it's good if you do the work if you have the the, the right idea you've thought this through you could make this change for the better forever uh there's no gatekeeping it's open it, it's all up to you whatever choices you make if you're if you're good enough or you decide to make yourself good enough to do the work to make yourself um strong enough you will yeah. y- y- your ideas will succeed yep neo neo remember how whack neo was when he first got pulled right. out of the matrix dude couldn't even like fight dude he fell off the building he was trash then he was like all right dude i see it i see it hell yeah man um this was great uh it's a great conversation yeah, this is a this is a fun one i had so many other things to talk about but you know another time well yeah we'll have you on again this is uh if, if you'd like to come back on again sometime i, I would love to great talking with y'all i'm really can you, can you shill yourself and all that jazz yeah how can people can, find you what do you want yeah, people to know the- yeah. yeah. So I'm I break dance uh, every Wednesday um, on the corner of um, you know no. Um, you can find me on Twitter Baywatch One. That's B E I Watch One. Um, on there, I don't have to show the rest of the stuff. I have like things that I'm working on. You can find articles on there. I made that. I don't know if you guys heard that little rap track. I did a remix to Ice Cubes. Today was a good day. Called um, with Bitcoin. It's a good day, and that's the back end. You didn't see that? I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. You, I have to find this thing because I remember you it's, mentioning it, and I have to, I have to find. Well, it. we will, it, with your permission, of course, we will cut that into the episode so people can hear I, this I like sample. That. I like this idea. Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank God. My money's safer out the bank. That's kind of odd. No updates from the Fed. No red. And Bitcoin's on the rise, but fiat is dead. I bought a few coins, but didn't dig out. Finally found a wallet in my drawer, been trying to dig out. Put it down for later as I hit the dough. Yeah, I got my seed phrase I wrote down on 24. El Salvador bound, got me a soft top. Feds printing money, and they gon' make the dollar drop. Since I went self-custody, my money's right. Looking in the rear view, not an altcoin in sight. And everything is all right. My node props up the network and I can run it all night. I called up Corey and I'm asking y'all, which park is Swan playing basketball? Get your Bitcoin off exchanges or it's trouble. Last week, banks messed around and burst the bubble. Stacking sats every day like Mike say. Lord praise with Bitcoin, it's a good day. Lord praise with Bitcoin, it's a good day. Hop 
hopped on to Twitter, hit the spaces. See Anders and lots of familiar faces. Cause just the other day, altcoins almost crashed me. But now I'm BTC, the SEC rolls past me. Not sweating, my sat stacking in the right direction. Meanwhile, Wall Street faces insurrection. Got tickets for Pacific Bitcoin 23. Hit the house and caught Jack Maulers on CNBC. Break them up, break them up, break them up, break them. Don't waste your money on alts, cause when you take them and you stake them, take them and stake them, take them and stake them. The CEO back dough deals with Uncle Joe. Cause this is a lightning flow. Remember back in the day, you could trade Bitcoin for dominoes. Trading one in now for anything, dollars, no way. With Bitcoin, it's a good day. With Bitcoin, it's a good day. I'm going to get 40 dirty fiat dollars for trading in the hardest money that's ever existed. This is a mistake, but we're, we're testing stuff out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's subtle. It's just a little something I made. I used to make tracks back in the day, um, and then and then I'm exploring. I'm mess. I'm starting to uh, explore um, Geyser, you know, to try to mm -hmm. like um, in involve the community and find ways to like get unions to run nodes or maybe even give them staff stuff like that, just to get nice. them going. So so that's so that's there, um, but yeah. For, uh, you know, Twitter's the jump off. My Noster is on there, and and I'll be. I'm active. I'll find you for the listeners. I'll find you. You don't have to worry about finding me. Nice. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I suppose I'll cut. Thanks again for listening to the High Hash Rate podcast. You can find us on Twitter at High Hash Rate, or you can hit up Dan at Heartland Bitcoin H R T L N D Bitcoin, or myself, Mike at Run Dance Bitcoin. That's all one word, Run Dance Bitcoin. If you're a fellow pleb or you just want to shoot the shit with two high Bitcoiners, reach out to us. Holy Toledo!